Welcome to the Retirement Planning Guy podcast, a show designed to help retirees and pre-retirees live an awesome retirement. Your host is Jim Martin, financial advisor and author of The Retirement Playbook. Jim discusses ideas, strategies, and techniques to help you live your ideal retirement. So sit back, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because we begin right now. Oh, the joys of getting older. Your kids have flown the nest. You're living in a house that's too big for you with a yard that's too big to manage and walking up and down those steps to wash your clothes. Yep, today we're talking about should you downsize your house and all of the questions that come along with that. Folks, my name is Jim Martin. I'm the retirement planning guy, and this is my podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in and being part of it. We're excited that you're listening today, and hopefully this is some information that will be timely and will help you on your decision-making on if you should downsize, because this is a decision that retirees, well, they, they have to think about, or they have thought about, or they're going to think about. So let's just jump right in. But before we do, oh, before we do our dreaded compliance, we have to talk about compliance always, because in my business, we're very regulated. So my attorneys would like you to know, they'd like you to know that this show is for entertainment purposes only. I'm only here to provide some entertainment, hopefully a little information, but no facts and figures are substantiated or guaranteed. So while we do make every effort to ensure what we talk about is 100% accurate, mistakes can happen. So before you take any actions, any steps, or anything relative to what we talk about on a show, today's show, or any of the ones in the past, make sure you consult with a CPA, an attorney, or a financial advisor. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about downsizing. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want to downsize. I want to actually upsize, get a bigger home or a second home. Okay, okay. We're going to have something for you as well. So you just have to hang out just for a few minutes, and I will talk about that as we go through today's show as well. So don't don't think that I'm not I'm not sensitive to that. Here are the thing though. A lot of people, you know, when you've got kids and you have a family, you buy a big house with a big yard and you've got all the toys and all, you know, you've just got a, a lot of stuff and you've got two floors and maybe three floors and the master might be on the main floor or the laundry room might be on the bottom floor. You know, everything's just spread out all over because, you know, when you're 40, your knees really don't hurt. And you're not really worried about walking up and down the steps with a 20-pound basket of laundry. Uh, my wife would say, I've never done that, but she's, she just doesn't see what I do when she goes to bed. I'm just working constantly. But the reality is, is this is, this is a question that retirees face all of the time is, what do I do? Should I downsize? Should I stay where I'm at? How does this work? Look, I'm not here to talk to you about real estate per se, but what are some of the benefits? And this is this is some of the things that we have to go through in financial planning. We have to talk about what are what's the benefits and what's the what why should we do something and then what's the pros and cons. So this is that old pros and cons list when making a decision. What are some of the big benefits? Well, hey, less to clean, right? So if you have a smaller house, well, then you probably have less to clean. 
that's a good thing. The smaller the amount of cleaning, the more likely I'm personally going to have to keep something pretty clean. Although my car is pretty messy and that's not a huge space. So I'm not sure that downsizing would help me. But reality is downsizing, it's less dusting, less mopping, less vacuuming, less all of the stuff that's out there. So that's actually a really big benefit for people. Less to take care of. Look, we've got less roof. We've got less driveway. We've got less, oh, I don't know. We've got less yard. You know, there's been times in my life where I've had four or five acres to mow. That's a lot. (laughs) That's like a zero turn for three hours kind of a lot. That's That's a lot to mow. And many of you have an acre or half an acre and you're doing that with a push mower or a little riding tractor. And that's a lot to keep up with, a lot to keep up with. And especially if you've got some acreage, you know, so moving to a smaller house can get some time back in your life. And as we get older, it's not so much the mowing, but it's all the other stuff, the mulching of the flower beds and the weed eating and just all of the stuff, the stuff that never, ever goes away. So that's a really big benefit as far as I'm concerned. It just makes your life a little easier. I mean, unless you love that stuff, you know, I've met people that just love the mow. I've got a great friend. He lives out on the, he lived in Durham, North Carolina and lives in San Diego now. So he doesn't get to do this. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's probably going nuts. But this guy loved mowing grass. Like that that was his favorite thing to do. So I recommended he get a side job, you know, start a little company mowing grass. But he just liked to do it, I think, just for himself. He liked the whole process getting his mower, putting some headphones in, going out and doing it, you know, all this stuff and then cleaning it off. He just liked the process. I think that's insane, like completely insane. I don't hire out mowing. I mow my own grass, but only because like, I I just feel like you're lazy if you don't. Like that's how my dad raised me. So I've got to do it. Although I'm, you know, I should hire somebody to do that. I can't stand mowing. It's like one of these things where I don't like doing it, but I feel guilty mostly for teaching my son that, you know, ultimately, you know, you should do some things on your own. So I mow my own grass. So having less grass to mow, hey, sign me up. Maybe I need to downsize, guys. I'm All of this sounds really good as I'm going through here. But, you know, I do have two kids, so a little extra room. Well, that's probably a good thing. All right, let's talk about the next thing. Reality is, is you might have a lot of equity locked up in your home. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? Well, you might have bought a house that cost five or six hundred thousand. Well, no, maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't pay that, but maybe it's worth five or six hundred thousand dollars today. And maybe you can downsize into something that's two or three hundred thousand. So you can take that equity out. You can unlock some equity. Now, there's two reasons why that could be really good. Well, number one is you could deploy that. You might need the money. You know, a lot of people they they're house rich and kind of poor on their on their four hundred one k statement. So. Being able to unlock some of the equity might be a really, really good option because then you can take that equity and put it to work somewhere else in your plan. You could create some income with it or some financial security. So unlocking equity can be a really good thing. Then there's the other side of the coin where, hey, I want to write the last check to the funeral home and I want it to balance. And I love my kids, but I've spent everything I can for them. So we just really want to take this money and have extra money to buy the RV or do really cool things with, well, you know, unlocking that equity could be, well, that could be a really nice thing. So unlocking equity can be a really good thing. Now, I'll tell you that oftentimes I don't see people unlocking a lot of equity because generally if you're going to sell your house for 400000 you're going to go find a second home that's, you know, got all of the accoutrements that you want, you know, 
has all the granite and all the new bathrooms and all new roof and maybe it's a brand new build and it's going to cost 400,000. So oftentimes people aren't unlocking that equity, but a lot of people do. A lot of people are able to just downsize just a little bit and unlock some of that stuff. And I think that could be a really good thing for people. So what's the next step or benefit rather in downsizing? Well, look, if you've got a smaller home, you're going to have less to heat and cool. That means lower utility bills. It's probably going to be newer as well. Oftentimes when we downsize, we get a little bit newer home and it's probably better built in the sense that it's a tighter home. So houses are all about getting the the airflow not coming in. This is what I've learned when I've built a house before. Well, I've never built a house, but I had a contractor build it. So I asked lots of questions. But um, having a tight house or better insulation, uh, smaller square footage will help you on heating and cooling costs. So you'll be able to potentially save some money on utilities. So I think that's a really nice feature, uh, definitely a good feature. Maybe taxes are lower. You know, maybe the uh, pre- the assess values lower where you're at as opposed to, or where you're going as opposed to where you're at. So there are definitely some benefits out there of downsizing. And the other one is maybe you just want to like spring clean your life. You know, we go through 30 years of accumulating stuff, 60 years really of accumulating stuff. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like closets of stuff I haven't used in 10 years. Time to get rid of it. So there could be some really good benefits there as well where you're able to spring clean some of that stuff that's built up over the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And for a lot of people, that's a really liberating thing because they can get rid of all this stuff that's just, it's kind of weighing on them and on their shoulders. And it's super nice to be able to have a yard sale and just part with all the stuff that has just uh, accumulated over the life. We moved, oh, I don't know, two years ago and we were in our house for three years. So we bought, we. this is a, the dumbest story ever, but I'll tell it anyway. But we bought a house or had a house built. And then my wife saw another house and she loved the house. So happy wife, happy life, right guys? This is how it works. So we moved. Uh, and when we moved, I couldn't believe how much stuff we'd accumulated in just those few years. So we had this yard sale and got rid of so much stuff, just, you know, zero turns and all, because we have a we, we, we live on a lake now, but we have a much smaller piece of property where we had 10 acres before. We probably have half an acre now, and we don't have the outbuildings like we had before. So we just had to really downsize a lot of the things in our life. And it was it was pretty healthy because we just got rid of a bunch of stuff. Like that, that for me was pretty liberating. If I haven't used it in 12 months or 14 months or, you know, I'm not probably not going to use it. I've got stuff that I've kept for like a decade that I keep thinking, well, maybe I'll use it. No, I'm, not, I'm never going to use it. And if I do use it, yeah, I'll probably order it from Amazon because I forgot I had it. So these are these are the little things that there is something to be said about that. And, you know, you're when you downsize all this stuff, guess what? It's less stuff for your kids to take care of when you're no longer here. I love my parents to death, but my parents have different tastes than I do. So when they pass away... I'm not going to want their furniture or their artwork or any of that stuff. I'm going to want silly little things that were important to me. But some of the stuff that's really important to them that they've accumulated on travels or going to an art gallery or just over time, it's just not going to be important to myself or my sister. So we'll probably, well, we'll probably sell it at an auction for, you know, 20 cents on the dollar and they'll roll over in their grave uh, because that's what happens. Okay, but those are the those are the um, the upsides, the the benefits of downsizing. But let's not just forget the let's not forget the downsides because there's bad parts to it as well. There's there's always pros and cons with every decision. And the biggest one is hard to let go. I mean, you might have lived in this house for 20, 30, 40 years. 
your kids grew up there. You're, you, you know every part of the house. It's just yours. It's actually almost part of your soul. So leaving that house, it could be a real negative. I mean, it's really hard because it's just routine. I mean, you could probably drive in your sleep to the grocery store from your house. So changing that up can be a real challenge for a lot of people because all of a sudden, it just changes everything. The, the house is part of their identity, like their job. It's just, it's just who they are everything about it. So that's that's really hard to let go. You might have some friends in the neighborhood. You know, you, you might have some, a, a bad neighbor as well. But generally speaking, you've probably learned how to get along with them. And you guys look out for each other and you you like where you live or you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have lived there for so long. So leaving that behind, that's really hard to do. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, think about when you walked out of work. I mean, that was traumatic, probably. I mean, I, all I know is like when, when I resigned, I remember I was at First Union Bank, and I was resigning. I'd been there for about five years, and I was resigning to go to another opportunity. And I had my friends at my desk, and I knew all my coworkers. I knew the security guy. I knew everything. And that day where I walked out, it was really emotional. I knew I was never probably going to see most of those people again. And that was um, that was hard. That was really, really hard. So I would just encourage you to think about that as you're thinking about downsizing. Are you really emotionally ready to do that? Because that's a real issue for retirees or for anybody, for anybody. And I know I talked about this one in the last segment there where we're talking about some of the benefits, but one of the downside again is getting rid of stuff. I'm sure you have more stuff than you can count at your house. Um, You've probably got stuff in the garage, stuff in the attic, stuff in the basement, stuff everywhere. And it's accumulated for 20 years. I mean, you probably have so much stuff that it's probably just not even worth anything anymore. So getting rid of that's really hard. I mean, it, it's really hard. It's really hard to part with stuff that you think you might use. But I would encourage you to do that even if you're not going to downsize. Even if you're not going to move your change your house or do anything like that. Think about going through a closet a year or closet a month or closet a week or a box every week or whatever, however you have your stuff set up. Think about going, don't take a year, like I said before, that's too long, but but unless it's really full. But, but really, go, think about going through all of this stuff and starting to pull some of that stuff out, have some yard sales, go to a flea market, put it on Facebook Marketplace, sell it on eBay, make some money on it. That's fun. But really start to downsize because your kids are not going to value this stuff. I promise you that your kids are not going to put value on the things you put value on. They they just have a different system. They look at things differently than than you do. You know this already. So don't keep something you think you're going to give to Johnny or Susie because chances are they're not going to want it. Ask them. Give it to them now. Don't wait until you're passed away. If you think they love something that you haven't used, ask them. And if they don't, that's worth getting rid of and make a little money and, you know, go out to go out to the beach or take a trip and try to build some extra money from this stuff that you have. The next thing, there's a lot of emotion in houses. For me, I moved a lot as a kid. You know, my as my father moved up to his company, we moved with him. And because we moved with him, you know, I didn't have a lot of ties to any one area. But I know having like my wife and my my friends, you know, my wife, every time we're in a in Iowa, we always drive by her old house every time. Every time. That house has so much emotion and so many memories, and it's it's just alive for her. So the reason I say this is your kids could have some real emotion about you save, about you relocating. So you might have a conversation with them. You might let them know. They might get mad, by the way. It's not their house, by the way. They can buy it from you right now if they really want it. But they might have some emotions about it. And you might want to work through that as a family. 
And they'll probably be very supportive of you downsizing, but it's important that you know that people are going to have emotions about these kinds of big transitions. They're going to be worried about mom and dad, certainly, but they might also, you know, that house is probably special to them. It's where they learn to ride the bike and throw the baseball and all those other things. Now, I'm not trying to talk you out of this because if you want to downsize, by golly, you should downsize. And a lot of retirees do this. And there's no reason not to. In fact, I think it's really important that if you're in that situation, you do it. No reason not to. Look, downsizing can be a really healthy thing for a retiree because it can allow you to get rid of a bunch of stuff and move to a house that's more manageable. You do not want to move up and down stairs when you're 85 years old doing laundry. And you might want to have you might want to have your bedroom on the first level. So a lot of these things are really, really healthy. And building styles have changed. Believe it or not, the formal dining room is gone. Like, who sits in a formal dining room? I mean, my mom used to have a formal dining room, like this like ornate dining room with really nice furniture and really nice china. You know how many times we ate in that dining room? Like twice a year, literally twice a year, special occasions. Otherwise, that room just sat there collecting dust. We had to heat and cool it with a bunch of fancy, fancy stuff that we could never ruin. And now you know what she did with it when she moved? She sold it, all of it. It's all gone, all gone. Uh, And you know, this was a seat where she probably had plastic on the seats because she's so worried about it. And then she ended up selling it on Facebook Marketplace for a hundred bucks. So I would just say that building styles have changed, our lives are changed, our world has changed. Think about that. Think about the value of downsizing for yourself, but really weigh the pros and cons and make sure it's right for you. Because while it might be fun to think about because your friends are doing it, make sure it's right for you. That's the only thing that really matters. But wait, maybe you don't want to downsize. Maybe you just want a second home. You always dreamed of being at the beach. I hear this all the time. Like, hey, Jim, we want to get a place at Myrtle Beach or, you know, we want to go down to Florida or we want to be in Arizona or wherever, wherever your place is, right? Here's what I would recommend. Rent for the first year. Go get an apartment, a condo, something, rent for the first year, get a nice place, spend a little bit more than you would normally spend, get a nice place, rent for a year, and see if you love it. That's it. If you love it and you go there all the time and it's it's not a pain and it's not a problem for you, do it. No, why not? If you if financially you can afford it. So I think there's no reason not to. If you if you financially it works into your plan, I know it's probably not the best investment in the world, but life is more than just about what gives you the most on the balance sheet. Some of it's about satisfaction and enjoyment and all those things. So if you can financially afford it after a year, do it. But what you might find out is after that year, you might not like the area as much as when you're a resident, because we all know when we go on vacation, it's very different than living somewhere. And you want to see how often you're going to walk out on the beach or you're going to want to see how often you, you, you go golfing at the country club or what whatever it might be. So really take that into consideration. And what if you want to upsize? So what if you want to get you know a bigger house or a fancier house? Hey, knock yourself out, guys. Just do the financial planning. The whole thing about life is, hey, especially in retirement, when we're trying to plan well and retire awesome, I don't have any, there's no script. I mean, there's no script. You're, you write your own script. You want to upsize, do the math. If the math comes out and says, hey, you're just fine, by golly, do it. There is no reason not to. Why shouldn't you? You know, if you can afford it and it doesn't break your plan and you all have always wanted to build your dream house, go for it. What if you want to relocate? Hey, that's cool too. Uh, sell your house and go buy. Nobody, look, this is the great thing about America. 
you are not locked into where you're at. You do not have to stay there. You can go anywhere. So if you've always had a dream, pursue it. Again, that's what that's what we talk about on every show. Plan well and retire awesome. Whatever your awesome is, that's what you should work for. So hopefully this was pretty insightful for you today, and we gave you some things to think about if you're on this journey of thinking about your retirement and what's next. Now, a couple of things you can do. Visit our website at retirementplanningguide.com. On there, we've got a newsletter. Every week, we send out a retirement tip. So we send out a tip and a quote every week that will help you position yourself. It's not spammy. We don't sell your information. It's just a really timely piece of the retirement advice that we send out once a week. I think you get some impact from it. So sign up for our newsletter. And hey, if you like our show, please share it. Let your friends know. Leave a review. Just share our show with the folks that you think will get value out of it, and we would appreciate it. Folks, my name is Jim Martin. I'm the retirement planning guy, and we'll be back next week. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the Retirement Planning Guy podcast. Be sure to visit retirementplanningguy.com to access additional information, including our free retirement planning kit to help you live an awesome retirement. Take the first step to living the life you've always imagined with the Retirement Planning Guy. Opinions voiced in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional. We are not affiliated with Social Security or any governmental agency. New River Financial Group LLC is a registered investment advisor offering advisory services in the state of Virginia and other jurisdictions where exempted. New River Financial Group LLC doing business as Martin Wealth Solutions. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining value.